0: Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot.
1: Our guest has spent 13 years working in the sports and entertainment industry, currently the director of premium sales and entertainment for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Daly's Place Amphitheater. Today we welcome David Altman to the program. Thanks, Brett. How's it going? It's going great. So tell me a little here, being an avid sports fan, yourself growing up, you know, going to college at UF, you know, where when and where do you decide that you wanted to work in the
0: sports industry initially? So my first job in sports, actually, I was young. I was like seven or eight years old, and I was a ball boy for the Cottage Charleston basketball team. I grew up going to the games and became a ball boy, and kind of then I was growing up always loving sports and wanting to be in sports that kind of got the bug planted. Um, and then when I originally went to university of Florida, um, I thought about majoring in sports management and ended up majoring in business and then switching over. Um, and and really everything started catching my eye and I started looking around what's going on in the industry. And and that's kind of what pushed me into, uh, to pursuing sports.
1: And where was your first hands on opportunity after college?
0: So, first hands-on opportunity was uh, with you at the Florida Panthers. So okay. I, I went to a career fair at the, uh, at UF, um, interviewed with a couple of guys that I still am friends with and, and keep in contact with today, uh, who after a process, I ended up with my internship at the Florida Panthers and uh, have, have moved through there and, and, and up through uh, a couple different paths to, uh, to get where I am today.
1: So, yeah, so talking back then, what did that first internship, what did that role look
0: like? So it was it was interesting. So I came in at a time where the, the Panthers um, were having their alumni game. So my first project was actually running the entire ticketing process for a 10,000 ticket event. And I never worked in ticketing before. Um, luckily, there are a lot of great people around me. Um, yourself, Ryan McCoy, Ryan Bringer, Chad Johnson, a lot of the guys that I still call confidants today and, and mentors, um, helped me get through that and, and have helped me uh to become where I am but started as uh in that internship pushing tickets for an alumni game
1: which you must have been working pretty hands-on with Randy Moeller at the time
0: I absolutely love Red Deer
1: so transitioning from your internship into maybe your first sales role there at the Panthers uh, you know
0: inside sales opportunity who had your big who had a you know big impact on your career at the time so i'll be honest when i when i was working the internship i was offered the job at inside sales pretty early on and i turned it down um in my in the back of my mind i wanted to be a sports agent everybody wanted to be jerry Maguire. everybody wanted to show me the money and uh after finishing the internship i kind of came to the realization that i really enjoyed uh what i was doing i enjoyed who i was working with i enjoyed the environment um so i think some of the people that had the biggest impact. Um, you know, Colin Riley had a great impact on me, um, hired me as my first is my is my inside sales manager. Um, and then moving up uh, past there, I mean, I am I started out with Chad Johnson an internship 13 plus years ago, and I'm still with Chad Johnson today. Um, so that internship has proven to be a, a great start to career path for me.
1: And how will you explain or talk about the culture early
0: on at that point in your career? Uh, very, very different. Uh, I'm almost like a, a boiler room type set up and we had 25 plus inside sales reps in an open room. And it was, it was survival of the fittest. It was who could sell hockey in South Florida and who could build those relationships and and who could um, create that obligation and and create that value opportunity to, to push businesses and individuals to come uh, buy season tickets and buy packages and, and, and move forward from there.
1: And that being said, what would you say was the biggest challenge in selling hockey in
0: South Florida? selling hockey in South Florida. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, as well, as well as I do, South Florida is not a natural hockey market. We, we were fortunate with snowbirds. We were fortunate to have a lot from the Northeast and um, Canada come down. And so we, uh, we actually targeted them a lot. And I think that was the biggest struggle. And I, I credit that to where I am today is that I learned to sell hockey in Florida. Um, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't start and, and learn how to sell through that, uh, that difficult time.
1: And that being said, you know, transitioning from your first year in inside sales to a senior sales role, you know, what are some things you learned in that area then that you still practice today
0: and even in Jacksonville? You know, I think the biggest thing is that I'm a relationship person. Uh, I still talk to some of my my first clients I ever had uh, in South Florida. I still remember the guy who I made my first sale to, what he bought, what seat locations. um, And I've carried that through. Uh, my, my Panthers career uh, through Live Nation and now into my, my Jaguars career where I'm going into my ninth year. Um, and I've built strong relationships in the, in the community um, with clients and also within the organization. And I think that's really one of the most important things I, I've learned to do. The, the selling part of it, you can teach somebody. It's it's building relationships and earning trust is where you, you, you really see who's gonna, who's gonna prove out. And at that point in your, your career, where did you see yourself long-term? I had no idea. I'd started applying to law schools. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and that's when I I you know, sold hockey and the opportunity for, uh, to move her to Live Nation came up. I've always been a big, uh, big music fan. Um, and it was an interesting opportunity. I mean, much like most people that I and our staff talk to today, most people don't know there are season packages for music venues. Uh, and so that was uh, another uh, stepping stone in trying to not just sell, but educate people on what's available. Um, and it's a complete education process because most people are like, oh, I just want to go to one show. Uh, but then turning that into a corporate entertainment buy um, was something that I learned a lot about when I was with Live Nation. And then you know, how would you say that role was different from the team side? There, it, uh, there's just this cliche. It's a corny saying there's a band for every fan. So going and selling to a company that might not have a bunch of football fans, but everybody likes music. Music is universal. Um, So it's a completely different sales tactic going in and selling music, whereas it is going in and selling sports. Sports, you're selling an entertainment experience. Some people are are looking for wins and losses with music. Everybody's leaving having a good time, absent of just an aberration of a bad concert. So it's a much easier, much softer sell and saying, hey, look, you've got... X number of clients, there's got to be a show that they didn't want to come to. And and I was fortunate. I I was spread over five venues. So I could really offer indoor, outdoor and all sorts of different options that that lent it to full menu selling. And what did you like most about working around music and the diverse events at the time? Um, You know what? It was every day was different. I mean, the, the clientele was different. We'd have a ballet one night. We'd have kids bop one night. We'd have sting one night. And it was being able to, it was shifting back and forth and seeing the happiness we were bringing three nights in a row to three completely separate people. And then again, I building relationships there. I mean, I, I remember being there till two, three in the morning, sometimes flipping the building and, and either pulling chairs or putting chairs down until 2am and learning what's going on behind the scenes when they're loading in and loading out, which continues to help me today.
1: Yeah, I was well, I was gonna ask you Nexus, how did some of the creativity or you know,
0: some of that operational aspect help you with later success on the event side. Well, I mean, it's been invaluable. I mean, we, we, and I know we'll get to it a little more later but when we opened the uh, the venue here uh, about just over three years ago, I was fortunately in a position where it, uh, was fortunately in a position where I, I could take over the uh, the sales of that venue as well as help with some of the operations. And little did I know back when I left live nation to come to the Jaguars, um, that I would have that opportunity again. I wasn't sure whether I'd ever cross back over to music and it was something that I was fortunate enough to be able to.
1: So on that note, in 2012, you transitioned to Jacksonville, you know, originally it was under legends, right? UNCJ CJ had an opportunity to sell premium and, 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 start, you know, really showing proof of concept within different areas, but under a third party company, how did that opportunity first come
0: about? So I was actually exploring opportunities within Live Nation and looking at a couple of different places to, uh, to move around the, the U S um, But Chad and I had spoken many times about joining back up, and it had been about two and a half, three years since we worked together, and uh, he had the opportunity with Legends and and gave me a call to see if I'd be interested, and uh, I knew nothing about Jacksonville outside of coming to Jacksonville for Florida-Georgia games when I was in college. Um, And I was like, you know what? It'd be great to get in the NFL. Legends is a great company. Let's, uh, if we can make it a go, let's make it a go. And what would you, what was it like working for a third party company versus working directly for the client? You know, in all honesty, we integrated so well into the Jaguars organization. There were still a number of people that didn't even know we were part of legends. The people that, that knew, knew. And and there were honestly, some people that just thought David and Chad came in when Mr. Khan bought the team, because what coincided was legends was brought in when we had a change in ownership. And so we, we were under that cover as well. So, um, it really wasn't any different than I, I, except for the local was on my paycheck. Uh, We had our our legends meetings and still participated in everything legends was doing, but I was 98% of my time spent working on, on Jaguars business at that point.
1: And what would you say you guys accomplished early on that set the precedence to stay there now for a long time
0: directly with the team? You know, I think one, one of the biggest things was showing that there's a market for it. So we came in, I came in to to kind of help revamp our premium side. Um, Chad came in to, we, we, to oversee a, an entire revamp. We started, we had about 12 people in totality, um, including sales, marketing, and, and ticket operations. Uh, we're up over 40 um, when we're at full strength. So, I mean, that that shows... Our proof of concept that we've come in and, and, and gone through, and you know, we we brought in a CRM system. We changed the office design. We we've changed the culture into more about people and process, and making sure that everybody feels engaged. Everybody feels that they have the tools that they need to be successful.
1: So now, since two thousand and fourteen, you've been directly with the team, but obviously, it feels like two years longer than that. You know, both from a revenue and an operational standpoint. You know, what have you enjoyed the most about being there so far?
0: I think the most fun part about me is, uh, is been that I've been able to be part of the revitalization of TIA bank Field. So when I got here, we started out, we had two premium concepts. We had uh, our terrace suite, which is an all-inclusive, and we had our suites. Um, and through, since we've been here, we've added the, uh, the ever-popular pool cabanas that everybody's heard about, along with the cabanas on top of that. We've added seats on the field. Um, we've added some loge boxes. So it's been fun. I've been able to develop all of these plans, um, from the ground up, um, which has given me great experience both on numerous sides of the business on executing the sales plans and overseeing the construction and the operation and the food and beverage. So I've, I've become very deft at, at moving between all of our different building partners to make sure that, that everything's running smoothly. And that everything is still up to par with what our what we expect and what our clients expect.
1: And how have the pool cabanas, you know, been with the fans, how people like that so far in the market?
0: Everybody loves it. I mean, everybody loves a a good pool party in Florida. And you've you've got your few people that jump in the pool. You've got a lot of a lot of kids that like to get in. Um, But you also get a lot of visiting teams that want to come in. They hear about the pools and it's an opportunity. You got big fan groups that come travel one game a year. And they're like, all right, we're going to Jacksonville. We're going to jump in the pool. Um, so the pool's been great they've been sold out since the inception um, it's a great experience you've got your food and drink that's included it's it's an all-in ticket um, so it really provides a great experience and there's outside of uh, a couple other uh, stadiums uh, that are uh, there's a baseball stadium that has a water feature I that's about it um, we're it and I think we've got the uh, the most robust offering up there
1: and what's something that you and the team are proud about through all these different premium offerings and sales perspectives that you've accomplished together over the last five or six years?
0: You know what? I think we, my most proud achievement is that we have not oversaturated the market with premium. We, we've gone slowly. So we introduced some tables. We introduced some borrows, We introduced the cabanas. We introduced everything a little bit at a time, made sure we honed it in and we sold it out, then added the next thing. And once we started seeing that everything wasn't selling out easily, we took a step back and improved what we were doing before, so we'd sell those areas out as well as any areas that we looked at in the future.
1: Yeah, I know. A couple of years ago, you guys had a great run getting to the AFC Championship. What was it like? How was that experience with the fans riding
0: through that? Buzz? I mean, it was. You know, for the for me, it was the first time I'd ever experienced the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, it was a, uh, it was an unbelievable experience. I'm fortunate enough that I take our clients away on away trips along with, um, some other executives and, uh, sponsors and suite owners. So we got to see everything close up. One of the coolest moments I'll ever remember is walking back in the stadium, um, through the tunnel when there was 15,000 Jaguars fans in the stadium and greet us back from a road trip. Um, it was just one of those cool experiences that I had never experienced. I don't know if I'll ever experience it again. Um, but the buzz in Jacksonville was palpable. I mean, everybody was wearing teal. Everybody's wearing their logos. Game week was absolute pandemonium. And then when we, you know, when we beat the uh, the Bills that first game, um, there's, in, in our opinion, there was no stopping us. I know it's pretty early right now, but you know, what's the excitement like with the fans knowing that you got, you know, the number one pick in the draft? You know, the the excitement is is there. I mean, we're we're getting calls. We're getting inbound emails all of us are getting text messages from from clients and friends and people that are that are connected to the organization everybody's excited to see what happens i mean we have you know we've never had the number one overall pick before so nobody nobody knows really what to expect there's a lot of high expectations um both externally and internally and we can't we can't wait to see what we do with it and uh what 2021 brings us so stepping away from football a little bit you know you mentioned a little bit earlier the
1: event side in 2017 you opened up daily space amphitheater uh, which is connected on the stadium i believe it's on the south side of the stadium yeah it is so for you know it's an additional venue to host a diverse different menu of events you know what's been your favorite event so far to work with
0: you know, i think my favorite i'm not going to name one event i'm going to name our opening weekend in 2017 we went three shows in five days i believe it was um, that was capped off with Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. Um, we opened up the building, which was really cool with Tedeschi trucks band, um, uh, who's a local Jacksonville band world renowned. Um, and then, uh, in the middle, we had OAR, uh, which was a band that I, I've listened to for years. So for me, that entire, that entire five days was, uh, was really the highlight for me. Um, we sold out every show. It was just, it, we uh, we entered a market that was underserved in the greater Jacksonville area. We had we had an amphitheater down in St. Augustine that was a little bit smaller. We have a small theater. We have the arena, but this is nothing Jacksonville had had before, um, and it was met with uh, with rave reviews. And we were well supported by the community in buying uh and buying premium packages as well. And what type of memberships and premium offerings would you say that
1: you've able to be you know creative with for your clients now on an annual basis in the amphitheaters?
0: So I think one of the things and I'll say this is the most unique area in a music venue is we were able to because we built this on the south side of our building connected to our terrace suite, which is our all inclusive space for football games. And so we we're able to sell a air conditioned all inclusive space to an outdoor amphitheater, where it tends to be very hot in Florida. So we're able to offer the best seats in the house with your food and beverage, air conditioning, private restrooms, the whole nine. So I think that's, that's where we separate ourselves from every other music venue um and then we we've got some boxes that we built that are down close to the stage that are we actually outfitted with couches instead of chairs that have, that have gone over very well um and then you know we've got some some basic boxes that are some high boy stools with uh with some bar and power and weight and weight service and there's plenty of space everybody can can relax and dance around and enjoy the show. I mean, I think that the mix we put in and we were fortunate because we started this from the ground up. We were able to put the exact mix in here that we thought would sell and we've sold through our inventory year after year.
1: And would you say you've been able to be a little more hands-on and learn more about the booking
0: process with the talent as well? No, absolutely. We, uh, we have a, we have a partnership um, that, that helps us with our booking, but between going out and seeing, you know, who's big right now and what, what are they selling? What are they, what are the, what's the demand? Um, one of the most fun things is, you know, during COVID live music has been very scarce. We did a couple of parking lot concerts with John party where, uh, I got to, uh, get even more granular. Um, and when you're building a venue from the ground up temporarily for two days, uh, you learn a completely different subset of skills and, and learn different things that artists require. So it's, it has afforded me a lot to, uh, to be able to, uh, to do this. And then, you know, daily's place itself, you know, how have you been
1: able to leverage that in 2020 kind of keeping the building active and, you know, creating some content, even for your
0: sales team to sell. So uh, we uh, our team owner uh, started a wrestling company just over a year ago, AEW all Elite wrestling and AEW has taken up residence uh, in the amphitheater for the past number of months, which has allowed, uh, and once they started allowing fans, it's allowed our, uh, our staff to go in and sell tickets and sell packages. We've done two, like two show packages, four show packages, six show packages. So it's been great for them as another revenue stream for, for commission. That's awesome. And it's still, and it's giving Daily's Place a national name because, uh, it's on TNT every week.
1: Right. And there's exposure next to the ring, you know, on live TV. Exactly. And what are some projects you're working on now or maybe through approvals to
0: continue to grow the company brand in the Jacksonville market? So I think we're, the two biggest things right now is actually what we're working on right now is we've partnered with the, uh, the Taxler Gator Bowl. So our our sales team handles the sales uh, and helps with marketing for the Taxler Gator Bowl that will be held this Saturday um, on January 2nd, which has been fun for us. The bowl business is a little bit different than uh, what we're all used to and knowing what our schedule is and knowing what teams play. Um, so not knowing until a couple weeks in advance kind of leaves everything up to the imagination and then it's, it's hurry up and wait until the teams are announced and then go, 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 go. Um, and then the, uh, the next big thing we're waiting on is we're, uh, we're working towards a large, uh, multi-use development, uh, on site, starting in one of our parking lots and, and, and initially, and then moving across the street, uh, into what's called Metropolitan Park, um, to create a draw to downtown and a draw to, uh, to TIA Bank Field, not only on game days, but also on off days. That's huge. Um,
1: before we go, I appreciate you coming today. The last thing I would ask is who, you know, if someone in Jacksonville from a company perspective is hearing this, who's an ideal client? You know, who do you bring value to business-wise in, in the
0: city of Jacksonville? You know, I think, and, and this is, this is going to sound generic, but I believe because we have such a wide array of offerings between sports and music, there isn't a business in Jacksonville that couldn't benefit from at least having a couple games or a couple shows or combining the two together. Um, everybody needs to help grow their business. Everybody needs to take care of their clients. Um, I think that we, we do the best job um, in Jacksonville of doing that. Um, a lot of our targets tend to be a lot of real estate. Real estate is booming in Jacksonville right now. Um, so, we're, we're seeing a lot of success there as well as legal and banking. Um, but I, I, I think selfishly, I think we can help everybody and, and make everybody's business stronger.
1: Well, that's great. Well, thank you for coming and contributing to the program today. And definitely look forward
0: to chatting with you soon. Thanks, Brett. It's a great time. I look forward to catching up soon. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.